0: Greetings, everyone! It is now time for Mark Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brienne and Melanie. This is Marked Safe.
1: You're not drunk yet, are you?
0: Not yet. Not yet, but you're, you're hitting lit live on air. I think so. My husband has not taken a vacation in, I mean, honestly, I cannot remember. He's taken vacations, but he's always working from wherever he's at. Yes, but he had a lateral, um, I guess, promotion kind of to a different place where he doesn't have to have phone calls in the middle of the night. And this is our first week where we don't have to have a hurt or dying person calling us at midnight. And it is... Hot
1: damn. What a concept.
0: Glorious. So he has (laughs) 22 days of vacation that he has to burn. He's burning it. He bought tequila. I'm going to drink tequila. I mean,
1: my kids still have school tomorrow. Yeah, you'll be fine. And you picked a great episode to drink tequila on because this one's a little bit heavy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I'm going to drink this right now. Do it. Uh, Shots. 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 Shots.
0: Cheers to... Whole, everything everything Juice. everyone just all of it i'm doing it,
1: it. i took five shots back to back a couple weeks ago and it was not pretty
0: oh that tequila is not good what did it get <laughs> that was instant heartburn that could either been the tequila or because i'm 42 i don't know <laughs> well
1: maybe it's because you're 42 and drinking tequila <laughs> why not both yeah so
0: we're just gonna we're gonna enjoy it and um i think it's a three-day weekend for our kids too so they get an extra day with their dad which is super cool
1: that is super cool
0: yeah okay cooler than school because school freaking sucks right now with their fake field trips
1: and shit oh oh i knew there was something we needed to talk about (laughs) This you said top you want to bottom to- is the most Melanie story I have ever heard in our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I, the whole thing. I was to end.
0: I wasn't going to bring it up, but I feel like
1: it needs to be brought up. Oh, thank God you did because I forgot. But this this needs to be told.
0: Um. So my kids went on their first field trip. I've.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Three dogs. Just your kids or anyone else? Well,
0: I have three girls that are in the same elementary school. And so Ava started out when COVID hit, so she got half a kindergarten, and then it started again, and it's just been a mess. We've had COVID. We've had a hurricane where we miss another half of school. There's no catching up. So finally, the first field trip ever. Ever. She's in third grade. That's a big deal. Yeah. They sent permission slips out. They were like, every kid gets to go.
1: Every kid. Every kid. There's a plot twist to ruin this, though. (laughs) There
0: is a plot twist. They're
1: like, (laughs) we're going to this
0: animal preserve, so fill out this permission slip, write down what... um. Animal your kid wants to take a picture with. Oh wow! So like automatically, if there's animals, your kid's going on this field trip, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a blue tongue skink. Ava was excited mm. about. There's a red footed. I think skink
1: is such a funny word. I love the word skink.
0: Yeah, I like the word skink. Oh,
1: well, I like to be one. <laughs> Carry on.
0: <laughs> there was a red footed tortoise. I mean, I, those things get huge. Like oh yeah. And there was a silky chicken.
1: A silky chicken? Okay. I would love to meet a silky chicken. You hate chickens. No, I fucking don't, Melanie. Ask Amy. Ooh, I'm going to come over there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I signed out the permission slip. I gave them money. They were like, please send the right amount of money because we're we're not going to have change. So that sounds like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Also, a week prior, they had to do a bus safety test. Like, my kids don't, they're car riders. Why are they doing a bus safety test? Because they're going somewhere. They're going somewhere. Yeah. They're going to Pettiske. So we freaking are pumped. Friday comes along and I'm like, yes, first field trip, blah, 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 blah. I picked them up from school. I'm so excited. I know they've had their pictures. I bought them some little bracelets. They look really sad when I pull up. Is
1: are you leaving anything out of the story? Am I? Are you leaving your activities out of the story? Oh shit, yes I am. <laughs> Where else did you pull up to, Melanie? Okay. So,
0: I don't want my kids to get hurt. And I uh-huh. knew that this nature—you're
1: just skipping
0: the lead entirely. In this. I'm so worried about my kids being hurt. I forgot about my enjoyment. Uh huh. So, my kids are going on a field trip to a preserve that's one hour and forty-five minutes away on a school bus. That is a hike. I'm fucking nervous. My husband's nervous. He takes a day off of work. We're like, it's okay. <laughs> Ava goes to her teacher and says, can my father be a chaperone? He has plenty of vacation days. (laughs) And the teacher tells her, no, thank you. We have plenty of chaperones.
1: Oh, it wasn't a question. Oh, it wasn't.
0: So Cody and I were like, okay, let's go drive. We will drive. You know, we have Squonk. We have Josie. We'll drive an hour and 45 minutes away.
1: Well, just be. Being... can I tell you how endlessly wholesome it is that you were on the same page about this? <laughs> it was a big deal. This was a thing that both of you needed to do. <laughs> it
0: it was a big deal. It was a big deal. And we get worried. And I'm sure it's not always gonna be like that, but it's like three kids first field trip all at the same time. So sure. we drive an hour and forty-five minutes away. We don't be helicopter parents. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go get fucking seafood. So we went to this awesome, awesome crab restaurant where they just like, you know, it's the paper on the table. They just throw the seafood at you. You eat it with your hands. They give you the gloves, the bibs. And we'll do it. So we did that. We drove an hour and 45 minutes to eat seafood and not be helicopter parents, even though we were. Then we drove home.
1: Okay, there... Isn't Cody by default a helicopter parent, though?
0: It is true. You know, how to mommy (laughs) blog once.
1: I had to.
0: Do you know how to Um, mommy blog
1: once? Or I tried to. Of course you did. I can't believe you didn't get like big time famous. Oh, my gosh. It's just
0: like everything in my life except for this podcast. You start it and then you're like, I'm over it. (laughs) So, yeah. The other helicopter mom. If you want to see my old shit, there it is. There's a C-section scar in there somewhere. (laughs)
1: so we i need a link please
0: you got it so i drove home and we picked the kids up straight away from school like we were like school buses are like slow we'll probably we were like hoping to catch up with them and all the stuff like we were telling each other silly stories about like being able to see our kids in the school bus we pull up and our kids are sad as shit and they get in and it was like It's just like the fair. It's a rip. They're scamming you. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. The preserve people came here, bored us for an hour talking about animals. I already know about these animals. I have the books. She was like, and on top of that, they put fifth graders in front of everybody so we couldn't see anything.
1: I just feel like this is going to be one of those things where when your kids are adults and they go on dates and they're trying to explain their families in a single anecdote, it'll be this. Yeah. That that both of their parents on their first field trip mutually wanted and needed to drive two hours to be on hand in case anything happened. And then they ate crab legs and then they didn't, the kids didn't even go there. Like, (laughs) there it is. There it is. <laughs> They're going to be like, let me let me tell you about my family. How shall I explain this? Oh, I know. Let me tell you this story.
0: So I think we're gonna have to make an appointment to uh, like the Barnhill Preserve to go. They have you can swim with freaking penguins there. Oh, I want to swim with a fucking penguin. Me too. So yeah, they didn't get to go. Ava said she's never seen so many kids sad in their entire life.
1: So it wasn't Maybe. so if
0: anybody's out there thinking it was me, it wasn't just me. It was it I swear it wasn't me. Um I think one kid in Abby's class knew, but she said that was a teacher's kid.
1: Oh damn, that kid got the inside dirt. Yeah, I didn't tell anyone. Don't be that kid. Don't be that I don't kid. know though. I kind of admire that kid's nuts. What that kid? That kid's not a snitch. It's mm -mm. (laughs) what zodiac sign is that kid? Fucking Virgo, probably. They're like a vault. (laughs) Did you hear like the Virgo beef? Where like just my whole life is a Virgo beef, but
0: no. Just a segue to our petty bracket. I read this (laughs) article today where um, J Lo would dismiss
1: Virgo backup dancers good for her a virgo should never be a backup dancer (laughs) or anything i'm sorry i will alienate one twelfth of our listeners and i will never look back (laughs) i just thought that was so funny and of course everybody was like who cares i care and i didn't ever like j-lo until just now and now i do your best friends
0: so what's wrong with virgos again
1: everything everything They're prissy little uptight bitches, and they judge you all the time. Okay. And not in a fun way, just in a mean way. You do realize we probably have some Virgo listeners. Uh, Yeah, probably a twelfth of all of them. I don't give a fuck. You can either, and maybe a few of them even live in Ohio. This is the final straw for them. (laughs) (laughs) They're fucking out.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, Virgo. not
1: saying we necessarily want you to leave, but if you are a Virgo from Ohio, like, I do get it.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: This is a whole lot of smoke for you guys. <laughs> Did I mention? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What's your favorite sign?
0: My favorite sign?
1: hmm And
0: your least favorite? I would say cancer. <laughs> We're just easy. My husband's a cancer, too. So I'm not just saying that because I'm a cancer. We're just easy. Are you, though? Why are we not easy? We just, like, you know. You guys have a dark side. <laughs> we do you do you do but it's it's not a bad dark side just don't fuck with us
1: it's not a bad dark side spoken like a cancer or scorpio hey what's your um you know what i could look this up myself because i've got your fucking chart right here like a stalker what is your um moon What's your moon? I'm finding out. I'll know before you'll know. The dark side. Your moon's Capricorn. Oh, that's why you're such a fucking girl boss, Capricorn moon. And a Scorpio rising. You are a fascinating beast. <laughs> you are a fascinating beast. Well, on the record, I don't like Earth signs. I don't date Earth signs. I don't sleep with Earth signs. I don't fuck with Earth signs okay. overall. Least of all Virgos. I have to
0: tell you, because I've been working on my Patreon episode today, And I had to buy a a fucking old farmer's almanac for it, like an old Mm -hmm. one, like actually, like from 1980. Mm -hmm. And they have Mm -hmm. zodiac signs in there where you have to, um, where it tells you what like farming activity you are best suited
1: for. (laughs) Okay. What am I suited for? I'm an Aquarius. Well, I'll tell you in the Patreon. (laughs) Okay. that's, That's legit. Um, Yeah. I would love to rank the signs. I wish there were enough signs for a bracket. I will tell you Aquarius is number one and Gemini is number two. Uh, Virgo's at the bottom and Capricorn's right under that. Wow. And this has nothing to do with like people I've dated or anything. This is just like personality types I fucking can't. Well,
0: as far as people that I've dated and I don't know if this is like a compatibility
1: thing, Pisces fucking suck. Interesting. I have never dated a Pisces, but I have a Pisces rising, and I think that it makes people think I'm a lot nicer than I am. I
0: really fucking love a Pisces,
1: but I also really
0: fucking hate them.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel about Geminis. Hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got a sordid history with Geminis. Um overall, just a fan of air signs. Big fan of air signs. My daughter's chart is like almost entirely air, and she is the fucking best. Um Earth signs. Uh-uh, my ex-husband's chart's almost all earth, and he is my ex-husband. So. <laughs> but I'm, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, let's jump in because this is a super heavy episode. I am super mad at you for not knowing what it is, and it is time for you to go get drunk with your husband, not me. So okay, let's move into brackets. Okay, let's move into brackets.
0: So this is the final, the final. This is
1: going to be so hard.
0: The final countdown. I'm not going to
1: lie. I try not to think about brackets in advance so I can just, you know, the hottest of hot takes, hot off the press. I've been thinking about this one all day.
0: Okay, I'm ready for it. It's Mariah Carey. I don't know her. (laughs) Versus Dakota Fanning. Ellen, you were invited.
1: Okay. Okay. So let me just preface this by semi-vague booking and saying that I have been in a juncture in my life lately where I'm, I've am i got a very – how do I want to handle this kind of situation in my life um, where pettiness may not be unwarranted. It may be warranted. Definitely there's going to be a fork in the road on what kind of petty, if there's going to be petty. Um and and I really feel like both of these are very, very good. So I almost feel like this is just going to come down to a mood-dependent thing for me. And we This is why you're have... the wild card. I know. I know. It always comes down to something mood-dependent, but this one especially. So we've got... I mean, we've just got top-tier classic petty, you are fucking so irrelevant to me, I don't even know who you are. Which is fucking ice cold. And then we have the... No, if you want people to speak kindly about you, you should have behaved better. I will call you out, even if it makes it awkward for you. Kind of petty. Um, I will say the second one is vastly more my style, but I do aspire to the first one. <laughs> what is it? I'm struggling with this. Do it. Do it. I know what you want me to do. I do. Oh, I know exactly what you want me to do for multiple reasons. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> I just feel like I'm a call-you-out-make-it-awkward person. But that's what I want. I just want. feel like I am. And some, that's what you want me to pick? You want me to pick Eleanor and Dakota? Yes! Really? I thought you wanted me to pick Mariah Carey. No! Fucking- What? Are you kidding me? No! No! I mean, I feel bad not picking Mariah Carey because like if you if I I feel like almost if you had to define pettiness to an alien from outer space who didn't know the concept, you could just tell them that and they'd be like, oh, I get it. That is pettiness. That is ice cold, brutal pettiness. And I I love it. I love it so fucking much. But there is just something about that energy of that like girl next door nice girl dakota being like no enough with their no. Bullshit. like that's not what happened i don't receive it <laughs> no that's what i thought you were gonna pick i i have to go with that listen i, I have to be i have to be true to, i don't even like mariah carey also i love you. are you kidding me nope <sighs> nope <laughs> i think i've maybe had too many exes who had a crush on her <laughs> Yeah, okay. Because I can't think of a single good reason for it. I, I, I don't know if we can continue
0: this. Well. No, I'm just kidding. I'm my, just kidding. It's my Scorpio moon talking. Um, but
1: we have a new bracket. We do. There's lots of stuff for you to hate. I Yeah. Am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to judge this, friend? Um, I don't know. I didn't pick this. It just okay. sounded Are good. Are we going with what I like the most, hate the most? Um. What is somehow an inherently superior seafood? I thought we were going by our moods, dude. We are. Is there like sushi on there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There is. It's interesting because I've actually never tried sushi in my life. Maybe i will try it. Are you going to well, well, take a I peek? I or... plans. No, I literally have plans this weekend to go out and have sushi. Well, can I tell you this? Yeah. It's really broad. It just says sushi.
0: Which is criminal because oh, there's...
1: Okay. Um, I am going, I out would with l- a f- love a sushi bracket. Uh, that'll never happen. Cause I'm never trying that much sushi, but I you am don't know going that. out with a friend in the spirit of trying new things. And, um, she feels that the thing I should try is, um, a Vegas roll. I think is she white. Yes, yeah, she's white. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. She is what so my really. <laughs> No, I know. I, I just... think that the logic is that it's a good starter sushi, and if I don't like it, she'll eat it. <laughs> but, I'll just be fucking um, adventurous. We'll see. Like, if you're going to we'll be see. adventurous, just go balls out. No, I just, I just want to let my balls peek out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going balls out in other areas of my life. I don't know that sampling sushi is the area that I am most inclined to do so. Okay.
0: Well, there's okay. lots of seafood stuff on the bracket for you to choose from. And yeah, so the bracket is live. Fill it out on our main Facebook page, or you will not win if you have the winning bracket unless it's in that thread.
1: Yep, yep. You can't um, you can't hide it, and you can't no. And it has to be filled out before next episode. So hurry, hurry. Uh Clock's ticking. Melanie's gonna send you a whole box of unrefrigerated crab legs if you win.
0: Lex said that. They wondered if I was going to send a pound of anyone's choices of
1: seafood <laughs> to
0: their house. <laughs> I said, "Lex, get out of my brain."
1: And I was in a hurry to come start recording because I really wanted to tell them, "Be careful what you fucking wish for," because Melanie will send you a box of unrefrigerated crab legs. Don't test her; she's not right. I
0: could be a pink sauce lady, huh? Pink sauce lady, did you never look that up?
1: Oh, no, I did. I tried to block it out. (laughs) All right. I really tried to block that out. Okay, so fill out your brackets. Yes. All right, let's talk about getting ghosted by an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) I am so disappointed in you for not guessing what this is, because I really feel like this is going to be something that you will have followed and you will know everything about. But listen, Hmm? you can't just say... I sent you a ghost emoji and an airplane emoji. And I
0: said, Are and, you doing Bermuda like, Triangle?
1: No. I'm like, that's all I'm gonna need to say to her. She's gonna be like, Oh, you're doing that. And you, you still and but I what did I, I say don't know how I feel about it. You said I only gave you one clue and I said that's the only fucking clue you needed.
0: And then I said, How many stories? How I I'm I guess I don't follow ghost plans that much. All right. Good. Don't yeah. throw me under the bus, like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm throwing you under the ghost plane. There's the train. There's
1: train. <laughs> <That's obvious. laughs> Leaving that in, it's a ghost train. It is a ghost train. That's that's uh, yeah. All right, are you ready? Yep. All right, and I will warn you. Enjoy your chuckles while you have them, because this is a real bad one. <laughs> He's warning you that train. Yeah, that train says enjoy your chuckles because they're about to be done for the next hour. Anyway, on March 8th, 2014, a Boeing 777 operating as Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 departed from Malaysia with Beijing as its destination. It took off on a still night in good weather at 1242 a.m. with 239 people on board. 222 adult passengers five children a pilot and first officer and a cabin crew of 10 but it would not arrive in china it would not arrive anywhere it was a momentous flight for 27 year old first officer Fari Khamid. after hours and hours of training flights this was his final one before his exam and full certification He had control of the plane with oversight from the pilot in command, 53-year-old Zahari Ahmad Shah. So Zahari was a very experienced, easy-to-work-with captain. He was kind of a bougie dude. Um, he was married with adult kids, lived in a super fancy neighborhood, owned multiple properties, and he owned a very nice, very expensive flight simulator that he had built himself, which I don't know. This is something I probably should have looked into. I don't know enough about flight simulators. Like, I assume that there's some kind of, um, you know, like seating element. Or is it just uh, No, not? okay, so with the- Like what does built himself mean? Because I know it was Microsoft, so like he didn't design the program, but he apparently built some aspect of it.
0: I don't know, like flight simulators are freaking insane. Like even the home ones. There have been a number of hijacked planes and helicopters from people that have fucking just sat in their living room playing a flight sim wow and learning how to
1: take the controls yikes that is a little spooky i don't i kind of i mean i don't know that much about flight simulators obviously but i kind of got the impression that this one was like a particularly nice one um it wasn't just continuing education for zahari it was a hobby and a passion but back to the flight Flight 370 reached cruising altitude of 35,000 feet, and it flew without incident for about the first 40 minutes of a six hour flight. Things were mostly but not completely typical in the cockpit as far as any available information can show. And I just want to mention at the top of it, there is an Atlantic article about this. And I feel like for every episode that I do, I'm like, there was this one article that was like, so good, and I need to mention it. I legitimately think this was the best piece of journalism I have ever read ever on anything and in the course of this job i've read a fucking lot of journalism lately <laughs> by lately i mean the last two and a half years but yeah if you're was... not
0: if you're not checking out like the show notes like they're not all willy-nilly there like we did no deep, i mean like... some of them are just you know whatever but check it out i mean some of it is whatever but there's a lot of good stuff we're not just doing a wikipedia thing for you here
1: no no i really i actually want to find some way of designating that so i can make a note like if you're interested in this like this is legitimately like novel level reading because i mean most of it's not most of it's news articles or fucking wikipedia pages or supporting stuff but now and then there's just something that is just absolute fucking chef's kiss quality journalism. And that is um, this article in the Atlantic in 2019 called what really happened to Malaysia's missing airplane um, by William. It's German, I think. (laughs) And uh, it is phenomenal. And I will be quoting it constantly. And I'm sorry, but also not sorry because it's amazing anyway. At 1.01 a.m., he radioed that they had leveled off at 35,000 feet, a superfluous report in a radar-surveilled airspace where the norm is to report leaving an altitude, not arriving at one. At 1.08, the flight crossed into the Malaysian coastline and set out across the South China Sea in the direction of Vietnam. Sahari again reported the plane's level at 35,000 feet. 38 minutes in. Flying over the South China Sea when 370 was and this. This is one of those things, you know, we have those episodes where it's like, this part's not background noise. If you want to follow this episode, this part is important. Um, so pay attention for a moment. <laughs> 38 minutes in, flying over the South China Sea when 370 was set to cross into Vietnamese airspace. Malaysian air traffic control radioed. Malaysian 370, contact Ho Chi Minh 120.9. Good night. And Zahari responded with, good night, Malaysian 370, failing to repeat the frequency. It was the last communication the world would ever have with the aircraft. Two minutes later, the plane vanished from air traffic control's radar. But Malaysia just assumed that it had crossed into Vietnamese control when they noticed it gone. Because they weren't looking at it, like, looking right at it when it disappeared. It was there, and then they looked back, and it was gone, but it was supposed to be crossing over to the Vietnamese line anyway. Vietnamese air traffic control, however, noticed that it had failed to appear when it should have, or rather, it failed to stay there. Um, The plane's transponder communicates information to air traffic control, and after five seconds on the Vietnamese side, it went dark. Uh, They tried to contact 370 for 18 minutes, which was uh, too long, and it was against policy, but it was a seemingly... You know not ill intended misunderstanding of that policy listen, aviation before... breaks policy sometimes,
0: <laughs> and it's usually like somebody that okay, aviation has very very strict policies, oh, I'm sure, um if somebody's breaking that, I mean that's they're doing hero work if they're breaking it. in my opinion, there will be you a lot people of people to break aviation policy. no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> but if it's just calling for someone, what's the harm?
1: Well, okay, so the deal was that if a plane was supposed to check in on their side and the plane hadn't within five minutes, they were supposed to contact Malaysia and be like, Where the fuck's your plane? Um, but they tried to contact three seventy on the oh, for eighteen shit. minutes before they called Malaysia. Oh
0: yeah, no, yeah. that's not right.
1: Yeah, which I don't think anyone was like, you know, trying to do anything bad. I think they just, it was like a training issue, really. They didn't know how long it was supposed to be, it seems like. Military radar had greater capabilities, and they managed to keep track of 370 for an hour after that time that it disappeared from air traffic controls radars, um, watching it leave its flight path and deviate dramatically west until eventually they lost sight of it, too. The military was unconcerned because it was, quote, friendly and did not pose any threat to national airspace security, integrity, or sovereignty. Autopilot was not engaged when the plane turned around. The pilots never issued a distress signal. The plane continued to ping off of a private satellite in the middle of the ocean um, throughout the next six hours, ruling out speculation that it had crashed immediately after doing its sharp turnaround. Now, when shit goes sideways in a plane over the ocean, there are three identified phases. Apparently, there's the uncertainty phase when certain criteria is met for there to be, quote, concern about the safety of an aircraft or its occupants. The alert phase when criteria is met for there to be, quote, apprehension about the safety of an aircraft and its occupants. And finally, the distress phase when criteria is met for there to be, quote, reasonable certainty that an aircraft and its occupants are threatened by grave and immediate danger and require immediate assistance. After an unnecessarily long delay where everything that could be bungled was bungled on the ground, Malaysian Airline Flight 370 was finally declared to be in distress phase.
0: yeah, some balls were dropped for sure. When you were like, they kept calling and I was like, I didn't realize that they weren't.
1: Yeah, every ball was dropped, ultimately. And the entire flight it was just gone. It was just gone. It disappeared. It it turned around and then it was no more. Um, Where there should have been answers, even in the form of wreckage or bodies or anything at all. There was just bewilderment and deafening silence when Flight 370 seemingly vanished into thin air. Um, There wasn't really anywhere it was likely to have gone that wasn't an ocean Well, I mean, some people thought all kinds of stupid shit, but like realistically, probably an ocean. Right. So it was pretty obvious that the time limit for locating survivors was very likely to be severely limited. And it was not long before the only reasonable assumption was that there were none. The search for the plane would become the most expensive search in aviation history, a record that I'm fairly certain still stands. It started in the South China Sea and the Andaman sea and eventually moved to the Indian Ocean. Seven countries joined in the search with a combined 34 ships and 28 aircraft carriers. Most, but not all of the passengers and their families were Chinese nationals. Um, of those aboard, 152 adults plus a lap infant were Chinese. Um, I didn't write this down, but just as an aside, because I think it was cool. One, A bunch of those were... 19 i believe artists and their staff who were traveling back from having their calligraphy in an art exhibit oh that's that's super cool yeah i thought so too um so 152 adults plus a lab infant were chinese uh 38 were malaysian seven were indonesian six were australian five were indian three were french three plus a lab infant were american Two were New Zealanders, two were Ukrainian, two were Canadian, two were Iranian, one was Russian, and one was from the Netherlands, and I don't know what Netherlandians are called, and I did not check. I can only imagine that for those families, those first minutes must have just felt like days, and then those minutes turned into hours, and the hours turned into days, and the days turned into weeks, and there were no answers at all. And I mean, they, they had to feel like every day they woke up and they thought today's the day there's going to be some kind of resolution. And then they went to bed and no, um, the families went through the range of emotions in front of the press cameras, including anger at one point, threatening a hunger strike to incentivize better search efforts and communication. That's so fucked up. It's like, I know. Yeah. The authorities would release information and then take it back. Mm -hmm. and trust deteriorated to the point that families didn't believe even what limited information they were getting and they believed the government and the airline were involved in a cover-up that's
0: why you have to be upfront about fucking everything i don't understand like
1: just give us the facts they were super not um but they they had maybe some reasons for not being but we'll get into that um The fact that the plane had flown for like six hours after turning around was discovered by the airline and the government early on and withheld from the public and the families, which is a pretty big fucking deal for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Atlantic's long form piece on 370, it says, quote, the Malaysian regime was said to be one of the most corrupt in the region. It was also proving itself to be furtive, fearful and unreliable in its investigation of the flight. Accident investigators dispatched from Europe, Australia, and the United States were shocked by the disarray they encountered. Because the Malaysians withheld what they knew, the initial sea searches were concentrated in the wrong place, the South China Sea, and found no floating debris. Had the Malaysians told the truth right away, such debris may have been found and used to identify the airplane's approximate location, and the black boxes may have been recovered. Um, more so than being a big cover up for a known conspiracy, though, according to The Atlantic, they go on to say, quote, a close observer of the MH370 process said it became clear that the primary objective of the Malaysians was to make the subject just go away. From the start, there was this instinctive bias against being open and transparent, not because they were hiding some deep, dark secret, but because they did not know where the truth really lay. And they were afraid that something would come out that would be embarrassing. Were they covering up? Yes, they were covering up for the unknown. The family stayed glued to any potential source of new information. But when something finally came, 17 days later, it was the very last thing that they wanted to hear and probably not really where they expected to hear it from either. Moments before a press conference, they all got a text message from Malaysian Airlines stating, Malaysia Airlines deeply regrets that we have to assume beyond any reasonable doubt that MH370 has been lost and that none of those on board survived. We must now accept all evidence suggests the plane went down in the Southern Indian Ocean. Mm -mm. They got it in a text. No, no, no. And they were all gathered there for this emergency press conference. So they were there. No, I... All together when they get the text. I fucking get it. I've
0: gotten a text on most of the deaths in my family. It is
1: not what... It's not what you want to get. No. No, it's not. The press conference picked up almost as soon as the text went out, like within minutes, with the prime minister delivering the same news to the public that they had used techniques untested in situations like this to determine that the plane had gone so far. Of course, there was no plausible way for it to have landed anywhere that would be survivable. He said, quote, this is a remote location far from any possible landing site. It is therefore with deep sadness and regret that I must inform that in accordance with this new data flight MH370 ended in the Southern Indian ocean. The press was of course, right on hand to capture the family's emotional reactions. Um, some were so over the government's shady behavior that they didn't even believe the information when they got it. Um, but some knew... I mean, wh- whether the government says it or not, logically, it's just probably true. Right. So, um, one mother fell to her knees screaming, My son, my son. NPR said that, quote, Dozens of paramedics and ambulances are on hand at the hotel in case relatives collapse from the stress. Now... This may be a controversial approach, but I'm not actually going to detail every aspect of the three-year-long searching process. It was um, tedious for the people involved, and, you know, I could get into everything stopping and starting and false alarms and false leads and fucking red herrings and all this shit, but, I mean, as a listener, my eyes would be glazing over. It's just, it went on fucking forever, and I will say that the various investigations, including a Malaysian investigation team, uh, the UK Air Accidents Investigations Branch, and the Australian Transport Safety Bureau covered 46,000 square miles of ocean, which is the size of Pennsylvania, in case you're wondering. I could not find a dinosaur that big. <laughs> um, and for the first year, they found nothing. Literally not one thing um searches started and stopped again pretty much torturing the families and in 2015 something was finally found um a man named blaine who was an international traveler and all-around adventurer as well as an attorney became interested in the case and attended a one-year commemorative event primarily held for the families he heard grace nathan speak there an attorney who was the daughter of one of the women on the plane and he was moved to tears he and grace struck up a friendship And Blaine felt that a lot of time and money were being spent shooting in the dark on underwater searches. And he decided to dedicate himself to searching beaches for debris that may be floating or may have washed ashore. I mean, shit's always washing up on beaches, like Legos.
0: (laughs) In my Lego episode, we actually talked about this a little bit, this flight, particularly, where... Um I love when we have time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um there were satellite images that they thought were from this flight, but it just happened to be garbage in the ocean.
1: It's sad. That's it's really rough. it was just like yeah. there were a lot of false alarms. There were a lot of um things located and tested and not not the thing. Um his plan to just basically devote himself to looking on beaches for things, it was not seen as a helpful plan by the formal investigators, but it was where Blaine felt that he could contribute. And he was, I mean, he's pretty much always traveling anyway. And he was just like, you know what? Fuck it. If I'm going to be out anyway, and I'm super moved by this story, I'm just going to go um, do my part. So, I mean, the man practically threw a dart and a map as far as where to start beginning in Myanmar, where he had planned to be already and asking locals where most debris tended to wash ashore. And that is where he went. When he didn't find anything useful, he left his contact information with the island residents and went to a different island and repeated the process multiple times. Four months later, somebody, not him, but somebody else found a six foot length of material from an airplane wing on the island of reunion, which I'm probably saying like a stupid American because it's the French island of reunion, so <laughs> it's probably pronounced Royal Hall or some shit. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. Um, but if I tried, I would have just sounded stupid. It's spelled reunion. <laughs> Uh, the man called the radio station and the piece was examined, not by the radio station, and found <laughs> to originate from, <laughs> just imagine it, <laughs> fucking disc jockey comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, Is man, KTV that's it. It's KTV,
0: disaster <laughs> we are here to oh, announce. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was investigated by someone who had some business investigating it, and it was found to originate from a Boeing 777. And then it turned out to have serial numbers that conclusively proved that it had come from flight 370. So finding any debris right out of the gate knocks a lot of theories out of the running, which we'll get to that in a bit. Blaine looked for more debris where the first piece had been found, but he didn't find any. But at this point he was invested. So he flew to Australia and he met with some oceanographers to get some idea of where drift patterns um, may take more debris. They pointed him toward the Madagascar area, and he picked a country near there that he had never been before, checking off lucky number 177 toward his goal of visiting every country in the world. And I would really, I just like, I want to know, like, as a friend, how that's going, because there's only like 195 or some shit. And this was several years ago. So I just like, and if you've gotten there yet, Blaine, let us know. I'm curious. Hey, our email is open. Our email is open, Blaine. So, he again got advice from locals and headed to a good spot where he found a two-foot piece of material that his gut feeling told him came from 370, and he turned out to be right. His successful beachcombing efforts led to others who had found debris but didn't recognize the significance to come forward, and others finding several pieces of debris that were conclusively from the wreck. And he kept looking and looking and looking and found, like, a shit ton more. Um, So, when Blaine crashed the one-year memorial where he first met Grace, he had been received with some wariness because it was kind of not for him. Um, So, he
0: just, like, rolled up? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of weird, right?
1: It is a little weird.
0: No, I mean, that Um, would be, like, us
1: rolling up on a disaster we covered. I feel like this guy is kind of the best and worst of what... um, affluent white men have to offer <laughs> no it's just i i don't like it i don't because on one hand like stop he, this is not for you um on the other hand i mean he's chasing cloud he, he pretty much he pretty much fucking cracked the case though honestly <laughs> did he though or is he he did no he he's considered like very helpful he he pretty when he When he went to the second year memorial and when he went to that they loved him it, they no longer I don't love them, you know, side eyed him whatsoever. <laughs> wow. I'm not I'm not hanging out on some clout chasing. It's weird. It's okay. A lot of people did feel like he was clout chasing. Um, and maybe he was, but that's kind of what I'm saying, is I think this might be the best and worst of what affluent white dudes have to offer in that he had the time and money and privilege to go fuck off and hunt beaches for months. But I mean, on the other hand, he did and it helped. So, you know, there's that, I guess. So after three years of searches being suspended and restarted, the search was finally done for good in 2017. When the safety investigation report finally dropped, the answer was that there was no fucking answer. After over 400 pages, it said, quote, the team is unable to determine the real cause for the disappearance of MH370. Uh, One group of investigators report said, quote, it is almost inconceivable and certainly societally unacceptable in the modern aviation era with 10 million passengers boarding commercial aircraft every day for a large commercial aircraft to be missing and for the world not to know with certainty what became of the aircraft and those on board. The report did also say that, quote, the underwater search has eliminated most of the high probability areas yielded by reconstructing the aircraft's flight path. And the debris drift studies conducted in the past 12 months have identified the most likely area with increasing precision, which I feel like had to be absolutely fucking infuriating to the families because it's basically like, oh, bummer, we couldn't figure it out. We're closer than ever, but the case is closed now by... Like, really? And that's usually the way it goes. It's just... Yeah, but don't be like, yeah, we're identifying it with increasing precision and we're closing it. It, it, Just pick one or the other. If you're closing it, don't say that. That, That's going to upset people, I feel like. Um, But if you actually feel like you're closing in, don't close it. So I don't know. Um, A private contractor called Ocean Infinity did conduct their own six-month-long search basically because they wanted the glory of being the ones to find the wreckage, and they agreed not to charge unless they did, but they didn't, although they have committed to trying again a year or two from now if the Malaysian government lets them, which they very well may not. Uh, One aside that I found interesting was the contributions of volunteers. The Atlantic article said, quote, Assisting the effort was a collection of volunteer engineers and scientists who found one another on the internet, called themselves the Independent Group, and collaborated so effectively that the that the Australians took their work into account and ended up formally thanking them for their insights. In the annals of accident investigation, this has never happened before. This is where we start to get into theories at this point. there's There's, there's not- a lot there's a lot but I mean there's actually only so much meat to the story of the disappearance because we don't fucking know (laughs) that much Um, what little we do know does not lend itself to this format because it would be very very technical and dry Um, it fucking disappeared between Malaysian Vietnamese airspace did a hard turn flew for six hours vanished into thin air they couldn't find shit till they found some debris there you go Um, But now there's conspiracy theories, because when – what else do you do? Tim Black wrote for Spiked in an article titled, Conspiracy Theorists Adore a Vacuum. He said, and it's in this darkness, this near absence of knowledge, that speculation has flourished. It now seems as if on an hour-to-hour basis, dots are constantly being reconnected both in the news and through the rumors and stories which the media seems to be feeding off of in the darkest, most conspiratorial parts of the internet.
0: Sounds like it's getting worse and worse and
1: worse as we move on. What I want to know is what the fuck are you supposed to do? As the public, as a family member, as somebody who's been left behind... What can you possibly do but take the shreds of information that you have and try to arrange them and rearrange them and make the puzzle make sense? Exactly. It's human nature. People need to fucking understand. We need closure.
0: But sometimes it does, it gets out of hand. Like you can do conspiracy. Oh, so far. Before it's a problem.
1: Uh uh-huh. It can become a problem. Yes, I will agree with that. Um, sometimes you can come up with some theories that are um, stretching reality because you want them to be true. Um, and they're not. So, as you probably know, there are some fucking wild-ass conspiracy theories about this. And, I mean, I would have to make this a multi-parter to touch on the the fucking weird ones. Because, um, of course, there are some weird ones. There was one for a minute about an actual black hole obviously there's some shit with aliens did you hear the sound Um, of the black hole no and i don't want to i saw the video and i didn't click it god damn it bran (laughs) it's
0: not a vienna sausage listen to the black hole (laughs) oh my god
1: i'd rather listen to a vienna sausage no i wouldn't actually (laughs) it goes like this ew it's licking you no like when you pull it out want to eat the it vienna sausage of the black hole yes what if you throw a vienna sausage down a black hole i'll go hello 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 there's an old misogynistic joke in this and we're rewriting it for 2022 <laughs> <laughs> that's the existential terror we all need we're not talking about throwing hot dogs down hallways anymore you dumb fucks we're talking about throwing vienna sausages into a black hole yes
0: and it's glorious
1: yes. it is glorious
0: yay science <laughs> Yay! Is that a yay though? Um, Get on this Vienna sausage train now! No, come on, babe,
1: let's go into the no. sunset. No, fuck your sunset, fuck your sausage, fucking train. No, <laughs> call me Sylvester because I'm gonna derail it. Ooh, another tie-in. Ooh, ooh, damn. So. Um, there was one also that I'm not really getting into because it's just fucking weird that like a bunch of people on it had bought a patent and um it was it was divided between them by like 20% each and like the original company wanted it back so they murdered an entire plane full of people so it would revert to them or some shit it. There's some weird shit. I'm, I kind of originally wanted to get into the weird shit. And that was actually my original vision for this episode was that I was just going to kind of touch on the crash, touch on the search, and then we were going to unpack every weird fucking conspiracy theory. But a lot of them are just honestly stupid. And I honestly think we know exactly what happened to this flight. And once I got... To the explanations of that, the more I was like, this is dumb, like I'm not wasting time talking about aliens, we know exactly what the fuck happened. But we will talk about briefly three of the ones that aren't that stupid. It's just not that. Um, the first one being like some kind of electrical failure or fire. Um, This is just something that kind of had to be considered because it's just an obvious theory when a plane crashes. But the final safety investigation report said, quote, investigators do not rule out a mechanical problem, but consider it highly unlikely. Um, There is no evidence to suggest that a malfunction caused the aircraft to divert from its filed flight plan route. The aircraft's maintenance history and events prior to the last flight do not show any issues that could have contributed and resulted in the deviation and subsequent changes in the flight path. The diverting is weird. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Um, The analysis of the relevant aircraft systems taking into account the route followed by the aircraft and the height at which it flew, constrained by its performance and range capabilities, do not suggest a mechanical problem with the aircraft. The investigation is unable to determine any plausible aircraft or systems failure mode that would lead to the observed systems deactivation, diversion from the filed flight plan route, and the subsequent path taken by the aircraft. It's not that. It makes no sense. So then we get into hijacking. Um, this theory has been floated by the media from the beginning. Uh, two Iranian passengers were discovered to have been traveling on stolen passports, which looked pretty sus, but they were pretty quickly cleared. And some investigation revealed that uh, traveling with stolen passports was pretty common with Iranian passengers without any nefarious intent. They were probably just seeking asylum. No terrorist group ever claimed responsibility for the plane's disappearance, and God knows terrorist groups love to do that, so I'm kind of surprised one didn't just for fucking shits and grins. Um Maybe a little counterintuitively on the surface, this theory being pretty easily discounted was not really good news for the family because it was kind of one of the only scenarios where their loved ones could potentially be alive. Right. And, I mean, I just have to say, like, the point where you have to root for your loved one to have been on a hijacked plane because that's the best possible scenario, like, that's fucking dismal, man. That's, that's awful. Absolutely. Like, when you reach a point where the best option left is to hope for something from a nightmare, it, I, I, I empathize. It's awful. Um. According to Wikipedia, what they call unofficial researchers, but I don't think they mean that group of, like, scientists and engineers, because, like, they are, they're scientists and engineers. I don't know. They could mean that. I, I think they just mean, like, Reddit people. Um, according to them, unofficial researchers have named hundreds of runways that could have been within range for the plane to have theoretically landed in a hijacking situation. How do we feel about, like, the term and concept of unofficial researchers,
0: i hate reddit don't get me on reddit (laughs) i fucking hate them i don't know like on one hand no unofficial researchers there's um what is that bowdy that does a don't fuck with cats yeah like that's the only
1: unofficial researcher i need like it's just that one that one exact one i just want her
0: everybody else go fuck that's fair
1: that is fair actually um I don't know. Like, I mean, as evidenced in don't fuck with cats, people have some serious fucking ingenuity and they have cracked some really insane shit But they've also like, doxxed
0: people, they've ruined people lives. I know. Like it's it it's weird. Like don't like if you're gonna do it, do it right. Like Yes. I don't know. Yes. I feel like people get hero complexes all the time and Doesn't have to be that deep,
1: man. You know what I mean? Like just I know, but like it's one of those things where it's like, but if you just have a hero complex because that's just your fucking damage, I mean No, you don't always have to shoot your shot. Don't fucking ruin people's (laughs) lives. No, definitely, definitely don't ruin people's lives. But I mean if you just want to like devote your life to finding out solving some fucking mysteries, like you're the goddamn Scooby in the gang, I mean, I guess go for it. But that's okay, but but there's avenues to do that.
0: You know what I mean? Like don't just
1: Wake up one day
0: and like, I'm gonna do it, and then you're willy nilly just like fucking ruining yeah.
1: other people's definitely lives. Definitely don't ruin lives. De- definitely don't do that. And for every life you ruin, you do have to like legally have to give it. An kidney. angel loses its wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you lose your kidneys. Yep. So taking them, you know, watch your watch yourself. Uh, all in all, when they did start to find some wreckage, this one was pretty much just dismissed. Um, because I mean, how. I guess unless they, you know, hijacked it and crashed the plane, but I don't think that was ever the thing. I think they thought that they had they wanted to have the plane for other purposes. I don't think that the hijacking thing was ever really about crashing it like into the ocean. Um so once once they started to find wreckage, like it it really wasn't that. Um, and that extremely in-depth article in The Atlantic also roundly shut it down, writing with a theory quote it has immense problems however. The main one is that the cockpit door was fortified, electrically bolted and surveilled by a video feed that the pilots could see. Also less than 2 minutes passed between Zahari's casual good night to Kuala Lumpur controller and the start of the diversion with the attendant loss of the transponder signal. Someone turned off the transponder if I haven't made that clear by now. Mm-hmm. Um how could hijackers have known to make their move precisely during the handoff to Vietnamese air traffic control and then gained access so quickly and smoothly that neither of the pilots had a chance to transmit a distress call. It's not that it's just not. So then we have the shot down theory and this one just pisses me off because I had it in my notes about this. And I have like a very particular system for writing an episode and like organizing my notes And I had it in my notes that fucking Rush Limbaugh's dumb fucking ass said that it must have been (laughs) shot down by, quote, some hostile country. Like, he had literally any fucking idea what he was talking about. And I kept skipping over and over and over and over that part of my notes, thinking that when I came across whatever, like, even half-assedly substantiated that theory, like, I'll go back and fill out his stupid shit. But that's it. That's just it. There's nothing else. It was literally just him saying shit. That's the whole theory. Uh-huh that that's it. um so he messed up my note system for a while, and it made me mad. um An author who sounds just about as credible as Rush did publish a book about the plane's disappearance just two months after it vanished, which I always feel like people need to not. Making the same claim, but the Australian said about the book, quote, Cawthorne undoes everybody's good work by retrieving every obsolete and discredited non-fact from the trash, slapping the whole lot between covers. That's a
0: lot of words. And the fam-
1: That is a lot of words. And the family said that it was premature and insensitive. So that leaves us with what I overwhelmingly believe to be the truth, which is pilot suicide. Um, two years after Flight 370's disappearance, the press got their hands on a confidential document with some information about Zahari, the flight's captain, the one with the fancy-ass flight simulator in his house. Investigation of his simulation record showed that just a few weeks before his final flight, he ran a simulation very similar to the one taken by 370, ending with a simulated plane in the Indian Ocean running out of fuel. This was discovered early in the investigation and not revealed publicly. Sahari's hard drive had apparently been turned over to the FBI by the Malaysian government, which they were able to use to find previous recorded flight simulation sessions, some of which had been deleted but were able to be recovered. Well, what about his co-pilot? Um, we will get there. Okay. Uh, there's a very easy explanation for that. The publication that had the document wrote, quote, New York has obtained a confidential document from the Malaysian police investigation into the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 that shows that the plane's captain, Zahari Ahmad Shah conducted a simulated flight deep into the remote southern Indian Ocean less than a month before the plane vanished under uncannily similar circumstances. The revelation, which Malaysia withheld from a lengthy public report on the investigation, is the strongest evidence yet that Zahari made off with the plane in a premeditated act of mass murder-suicide. Malaysia disagreed with this, claiming, quote, the captain's ability to handle stress at work and home was good. There was no known history of apathy, anxiety, or irritability. There were no significant changes in his lifestyle. It's a lie. Yes, there is. Interpersonal conflict or family stresses.
0: Okay, I will disagree with that. There's a lot of things, personally, because I do do this know the story where i don't think it is suicide i think there's much more to it because there's a lot of players when it comes to airlines but can i make a quick note please do i don't know if i can (laughs) okay um just well fuck it you know what fuck it fuck it the faa hates fucking mental health do you know your pilots can't take Uh antidepressants Uh uh-huh they can't take
1: shit yep we're we're kind of just about to get into that actually right, well, <laughs> not the antidepressant thing but no, just they the can't. of course the airline disagrees thing
0: there's a very specific um with the FAA what guys can take and what they can't take and i will tell you this and and i'm not just i'm not saying hey my su- my husband suffers from this and this is-. when you're in the aviation community you hear a lot yes when you are That's the fair. wife Of somebody in the aviation community, you hear even more. (laughs) Wives like to ask questions. They're not allowed to do a lot of things. And it's fucking scary. It's fucking scary. That is scary. Um, Do you know a lot of pilots don't seek mental health because they don't want
1: to be a flag for it? I'm not at all surprised. And I mean, they would have a very... Obvious um, motive for denying that because I mean that looks terrible on their part in multiple ways, you know. Or what? How are they working their pilots? How are they treating their pilots? How are they screening their pilots for problems? I mean, it it, it looks real fucking bad for that. I
0: will I will say right off the bat, aviation safest way to travel. I mean, they don't fuck around with hours and all this stuff aviation fucking lacks when it comes to mental health period period like well, and it it fucking sucks really bad
1: sad it is sad and it's sad and dangerous very dangerous it's fuck yeah to the pilots and everybody else i mean it's a, it's a public safety concern
0: also it's it's really scary that old people are allowed to fly but that's just me
1: How old are they allowed to play? If they
0: can pass their check rights, shit, and medical, they're gonna go. Yikes.
1: Yikes, yikes, yikes. So, some of the people who knew him said that this was not in his character. It seems to me um, that it was mainly, like, his wife and kids who said this, and I think that there's, like, a strong... Instinct to kind of defend your spouse's name and reputation in a moment like this. Um, when everybody thinks the worst, like there's that kind of circle the wagons instinct, um, even if it's not true. Right. Uh, so none of that was overly convincing. There have been fewer than a dozen cases of known, suspected, or attempted suicide by pilot in a commercial jet and in multiple of the ones that there have been the airlines have tended to thoroughly deny the allegations the situation with transponder disconnecting did not look great like at all Um, if something was wrong on board it could have been used to communicate with ground crews but it had very seemingly been intentionally turned off the investigation report said quote although it cannot be conclusively ruled out that an aircraft or system malfunction was a cause based on the limited evidence available it is more likely that the loss of communication prior to the diversion is due to the systems being manually turned off or power interrupted to them now apparently reports started coming out that the captain's wife and his three kids had moved out the day before the flight disappeared Apparently, a fellow pilot said that he was, quote, terribly upset about his marriage. There were allegations that he'd been seeing another woman, which his family denied, but they would. Um, And there were mixed reports that he may not have been making any kind of plans, like socially or professionally, after the date of the disappearance. Now, one journalist disagreed and said that he had figured out that the dude had a dentist appointment, but I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Um, also, also, when the plane turned around all of a sudden, it flew right over the captain's home island, where he lived in like a very peculiar way, where there would be almost no reason to turn in that way at that time for that duration unless you wanted to like look at the island um it was a very particular kind of turn um and the Atlantic article that I keep mentioning addressed this too the journalist William actually traveled to the pilot's hometown and interviewed people who knew him reporting that he, quote, was often lonely and sad. His wife had moved out and was living in the family's second house. By his own admission to friends, he spent a lot of time pacing empty rooms, waiting for the days between flights to go by. He was also a romantic. He is known to have established a wistful relationship with a married woman and her three children, one of whom was disabled, and to have obsessed over two young internet models, whom he encountered on social media and for whom he left Facebook comments that apparently did not elicit responses. All right. Yeah. So, um, it's not completely clear to me whether the... Atlantic article is the source of the other articles or if there were separate allegations that came out, I think separate. And then I think that the Atlantic journalist actually went to investigate them and found those allegations to be more than true. Like, I don't know for sure if his wife moved out the literal day before the crash or not, but she had definitely moved out. And I do think that the Atlantic article is extremely credible. Uh, William spoke with a lifelong friend and fellow pilot about Zahari and his friend believed that he had done it he said the the friend said quote it doesn't make sense it's hard to reconcile with the man i knew but it's the necessary conclusion the interviewer asked why zahari might have done this and he said quote zahari's marriage was bad in the past he'd slept with some of the flight attendants and so what we all do you're flying all over the world with these beautiful girls in the back but his wife knew um william had also asked you know like what about the co-pilot like do you think he just like savagely murdered the co-pilot or something but the co is technically the pilot he was just like the junior one you know on his last training flight he and that guy was just like no there's like that's not even a thing he would have just he was in charge so he would have just said hey can you go check this in the cabin and then locked him out like that would right. been easy
0: there is i i will say this you know um there is a lot of infidelity in aviation well yeah a lot, a lot. Sure. Um, it makes it believe good news for you is you can't fit a bunch of girls in the back of a helicopter, can you? Uh, you can, but good thing my guy's an <laughs> office guy <laughs> <laughs> and a precious angel. He is a precious angel, but I mean, you hear the T. It's he would
1: Cody would fucking never. Uh uh-uh. uh, on God, that man would never.
0: I mean, even, even if he does, like. Yikes, bro. Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't have much faith in people, but I don't think Cody would.
0: (laughs) Um, He literally does not have the time to. um, (laughs) I'm a handful. But yeah, you're too handful. It it is sad. It is. um, It's a thing when you get in aviation, like, I hate to say this. It's kind of a job description. It's a part of it. Like, wives know about it. It's just like a unspoken thing that yeah. kind of sits on your shoulder. But you have all that evidence. It fucking makes sense. Yeah. I,
1: I believe one million percent that he did it. You're either so, in
0: aviation, you're married to your wife, your job. Or your side chicks. Or your
1: side chicks. Well, damn. So... The Atlantic wrote, quote, the mystery surrounding MH370 has been a focus of continued investigation and a source of sometimes feverish public speculation. The loss devastated families on four continents. The idea that a sophisticated machine with its modern instruments and redundant communications could simply vanish seems beyond the realm of possibility. It's hard to permanently delete an email and living off the grid is nearly unachievable even when the attempt is deliberate. A Boeing 777 is meant to be electronically accessible at all times. The disappearance of the airplane has provoked a host of theories. Many are preposterous. All are given life by the fact that in this age, commercial airplanes don't just vanish. So ultimately, I guess technically there's no satisfying or definite answer. Uh, The industry has been left with very little sense of control or you know, any way to prevent this from happening again. So they just kind of, you know, threw it at a wall and made some changes. Like one major one was increasing the battery life on underwater locator beacons. Um, this was an insanely long search and they had a good sense of when that battery was set to run out. So when that time was approaching, there's a lot of urgency to kick up the search. Right. Um, ultimately that deadline came and went and, making changes there was one way they could at least buy more time to find answers in a future catastrophe uh it was an issue that had come up occasionally before in other crashes but this one got enough traction to kick off an actual change in this part it's rough this part is the roughest part of the whole story so if the rest was on the edge you might want to skip this it's the end but it's 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 gnarly Um, and there's a lot of, you just can't paraphrase the Atlantic on this one. This is too, too much. Um, they summarize the reality of this nicely and said, quote, the disappearance was an intentional act. It is inconceivable that the known flight path accompanied by radio and electronic silence was caused by any combination of system failure and human error. Computer glitch, control system collapse, squall lines, ice, lightning strike, bird strike, meteorite, volcanic ash, mechanical failure, sensor failure, instrument failure, radio failure, electrical failure, fire, smoke, explosive decompression, cargo explosion, pilot confusion, medical emergency, bomb, war, or act of God. None of these can explain the flight path. It goes on, quote, by the time the airplane... Dropped from the view of secondary, transponder-enhanced radar, it is likely, given the implausibility of two pilots acting in concert, that one of them was incapacitated or dead, or had been locked out of the cockpit. Primary radar records, both military and civilian, later indicated that whoever was flying MH370 must have switched off the autopilot, because the turn the airplane then made to the southwest was so tight that it had to have been flown by hand. Circumstances suggest that whoever was at the controls deliberately depressurized the airplane. End quote. Um, When the plane climbed to 40,000 feet and depressurized, everyone in the cabin would have experienced strong G-forces and been disoriented and killed quickly. In that case, the passengers died painlessly and without a sensation of breathlessness or choking. Um, And then the pilot continued flying for hours with a cabin full of 237 corpses. Uh, the article didn't mince any words at all in this saying quote the scene would have been dimly lit by the emergency lights with the dead belted into their seats their faces nestled in the worthless oxygen masks dangling on tubes from the ceiling And our friend William at the Atlantic also noted that no one knows if Sahari would have depressurized the cockpit and ended his own life and just let the plane run out of gas over the ocean or not, but says, quote, Indeed, there is some suspicion from fuel exhaustion simulations that investigators have run, that the airplane, if simply left alone, would not have dived quite as radically as the satellite data suggests that it did. A suspicion, in other words, that someone was at the controls at the end, actively helping to crash the airplane. Either way, somewhere along the seventh arc, after the engines failed from lack of fuel, the airplane entered a vicious spiral dive with descent rates that ultimately may have exceeded 15,000 feet a minute. We know from that descent rate, as well as from Blaine Gibson's shattered debris, that the airplane disintegrated into confetti when it hit the water. Wow. Well. And there you have it. Oh,
0: man. I don't... He did it. I don't know. You know he did it.
1: But no, I don't. What do you think happened?
0: I do. Listen, there's completing suicide and there's murder. I mean, ultimately, this is murder. This is definitely both. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. It's I, complicated, I, I guess. I definitely
1: think he did it.
0: I don't. I don't think he did it. Oh my
1: God! Okay, I, I hope we get some robust debate about this. I just, horrible I just think
0: that somebody—I don't know. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of people in my life that have completed suicide, and they're not taking people out with them, and that just could be just me. But people do—they do. But it's—I don't think it's a common thing.
1: I don't think it's a common thing, but how else can you possibly explain the combination of the simulation he ran three weeks before this?
0: People do weird shit
1: in simulations.
0: And then you go do it in real? No, no. When it comes to aviation, people do, like, that's your job. You want to crash. You want to try to crash. You want to see if you recover. It's a simulation.
1: Like, you're trying to. I, I mean, if he had just done a simulation of a suicide mission, that's one thing. But he did a simulation of a suicide mission that went out over the Atlantic Ocean, waited till it ran out of gas, after I think it did a very similar tight turn to the one he did over his home island. I don't know. And then he goes back out into the ocean, runs out of gas, and crashes. I People do weird fucking shit, and pilots
0: do weird stuff playing around in simulators. I don't know. I just...
1: There was no distress call ever issued. What it- and the plane was manually turned around and autopilot was off. I don't know. Just as
0: a pilot wife, I don't, I, I, maybe there's a bubble in my head. I don't know. I think there's a difference <laughs> between completing suicide because like all shit's going down and just doing a mass murder. And there's a big fucking difference because that's what that is. If that's what he did, it's, it's a fucking murder. It's a murder suicide. Well, oh,
1: yeah, it's, it's, i mean obviously friend <laughs> of
0: course it's a murder no i know but i'm just saying that's like
1: i think it is indeed a murder suicide though i'm really interested to hear other people i, f- take on I this. feel like
0: in my heart i don't want anybody to be like my marriage
1: sucks i'm gonna kill a bunch of people you know what i mean well, yeah i mean that's fucking monstrous and you would be interesting to do a true crime podcast with, because I'd be like, and then he chopped her up and buried her in a shallow grave and he'd be like, but that's so mean, I don't want him to it.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I just I, I Yes, I
0: think the evidence is strong, but I think there's a lot of evidence that points to it could be other things. Like what? But
1: why not a hijack? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they they investigated everybody on board pretty thoroughly. There's always everybody the on theory. board
0: was dead, though. So how did they investigate but
1: them? I, I don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> you they, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, to the extent that you can, but I mean, I I don't. I could be wrong with this. Like, this isn't really a rabbit hole I went down doing this, but I don't really know that there are a lot of just suicide hijackings that aren't meant to convey any kind of political message or anything where it's just like, yeah, we're just going to take this to the ocean. And we're all going to die. And no one's going to claim, you know, credit for it. There's no message. There's no statement. There's no threat. We, we just felt like crashing a plane today. I don't think that happens a lot with hijackings. But are, do they do that with
0: completing suicide? Like pilot suicide? No, in general. Like, I'm just going to kill a
1: bunch of people right now. Yeah, I mean, mass murder-suicide is not that damn rare. Like, how many mass shooters go kill a bunch of people and kill themselves?
0: But that's different. There's usually... A mass shooter is just not, like, unhappy in their marriage and shooting up a school or an arena or something. There, There is an agenda. There is a political
1: agenda. Like, there. I don't think that's true. I really don't. Like, how many... I mean, we still don't know why the Pulse guy did what he did. I don't think we know why the guy, um, the Vegas guy did what he did. It's just these fucking upset men who just kill a bunch of people and kill themselves. I I think that's actually really fucking pretty common. I
0: I think maybe that's why I'm having a hard time is wrapping my brain around it. I don't want to rationalize this ever because of fucking. It should be hard to wrap one's brain around.
1: It should be. Because it's 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 nonsensical. I mean it's there are so many ways to do it if you gotta do it. <laughs> there were babies on that plane. God damn. Yeah. But unfortunately I I do think he did it. I don't know. You should do a deep dive. You should read the full Atlantic article and see what you think. I
0: will definitely I will definitely read it for sure. Um, I will be interested to hear
1: the people's take on or this. Or I won't.
0: I will bleach my brain. <laughs> this was a very fucking difficult episode can we have disaster relief please yeah i think we need
1: it you want to go first you want me to you can go first you want to go first you want me to it doesn't matter um i will go first mine is a simple one um it's a tiktok guy that i follow um called nerd dork and he's just funny. I mean it's it's skits, it's comedy, it's funny, but there was um <laughs> there was a TikTok about you know what, there's a bit of a twister at the end, so I'm actually not gonna give that away right now. Um, but it's it's about it's about someone who does a bad thing to you, um, but then they act like you're the one who fucking wronged them and how that might turn out for them. Yeah. So you've watched the video now. Um and it is a uh, promise to anyone who has done some shit to you and then acted like you've done some shit to them. And let's just say I've watched a lot of it lately. And you know what? He has quality content, so we're just going to go with that. I love it. I. It has uh, lightened a vibe that was not very light for me <laughs> lately. <laughs> what do you got?
0: I don't know. This episode hit me a little bit deep, so I think I'm going to go... Um, the suicide crisis lifeline fucking is 3 digits now is it yeah really? 988 oh wow is that new like that's rec- yeah very very recent
1: wow 988 that's amazing that's a really 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 good disaster relief for right now um so yeah
0: if you're is some sort of way jesus it's a, it's a complicated thing to talk about and i'm not going to have the Right words. I'll probably say the wrong words, but. Yeah, well, that's what the hotline's
1: for. <laughs> yeah. Don't. I mean, yeah. 988. Or 988. Call it if you need it. There's no shame in it.
0: Absolutely none. So, I don't know. Just take care of yourselves, guys. That's. Yeah. That's very important to me.
1: It's important to me, too. Especially you guys, because we like you guys a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. So, this episode, I'm sorry, it's kind of gotten under your skin a little bit. So, I think this would be a great time for you to go take a shot with your husband. So, do we have any patrons you'd like to shout oh, out
0: before you do that? You know what? We do. We have some awesome patrons. We have... You know what? This is just the distraction I need. I'm trying to say somebody's last name.
1: <laughs> and then you'll have the distraction of getting roasted for it in the Horrible Ghouls <laughs> Nora... Balvans.
0: Balvans? B-A-L-V-A-N-Z. Balvans. Let us
1: know, Nora. I don't
0: know. Sexy.
1: Either way. Like, you cannot go wrong
0: with that last name.
1: Uh, I feel like you can't go wrong with Nora. Like, that's such a classy fucking name.
0: We also have Sarah Cannon, who I went to high school with. <laughs> did you really? Fuck yeah, I did. She's my buddy. Hi, Sarah. Wow. We have Maggie Martin. We've talked a thousand times how cute is the name Maggie, too. I love the name Maggie. Oh, my God. And Brandy Guthrie. Like, that's... I always feel like
1: Brandy is such a sexy name. See, Brandy sounds like a child... I feel like they have a whole thing about this on Let's Go to Court. And whether Brandy is a sexy name. But maybe that's just my thing, actually. I don't know. Well, Brandy is a sexy name, but I think
0: it's like a... It it seems like a tough name.
1: Yes, tough, maybe because
0: I'm from Kentucky and she know. rides on motorcycles.
1: No four and wheelers. She takes. Okay, yeah, four wheelers. Yeah, you're right. She's not afraid and to she get wears dirty. Like a bandana, but also quite a bit of eyeliner. Not you specifically, Brandy, but just like the name itself. No, I
0: want to know what Brandy looks like. <laughs>
1: Send us your face, Brandy. Send us your face. You don't have to anyway, donate it. Melanie, Just send us your face. Say, no, please don't. Send us a picture of your
0: face. <laughs> but do go donate blood. Go donate food. Go donate a kidney. And, and good night. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Hey, Horrible goals. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at marksafepodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.